Expert Talk is sponsored by Pod Nation TV, the podcast to broadcast network. today because we got somebody special y'all we got somebody that well he wrote a book about go for stupid yeah you you got to understand this man is amazing am I gonna tell you who it is before the commercial you know better than that sit right there we'll be right back you heard me right I gotta show it to you go for stupid I love this book title we literally are in studio just to meet with this young man Steve Sims is here what's happening sir how are you I'm, I'm happy I'm, I'm happy can't get any better than that can't get any better than that I appreciate you coming out in the Vegas heat and hanging out with us it's a little hot well we turned it under 100 for you I mean, they call it the dog days of August for a reason. Come yeah, on now. True, true. <laughs> Come on now. But I appreciate it. You know, I got to ask you, you know, I saw this book cover. Our good friend Greg Reed said, you got to check it out. Steve's got a new book out. And I was like, he's coming to Vegas. Oh, we got to interview him. First, let's talk a little bit about the title. Yeah. Go for stupid, huh? Yeah. It, you know, the funny thing was, as I was doing stuff throughout my career, I realized that the second you say something's impossible, Mm -hmm. you've already given it value. You've already given it fuel. You've already given it power. You know, the amount of people that go, ah, well, I tried, but it's impossible. So we made sure this word within my company was the Voldemort of words. We never used it. So we always used to get a request from a client when I had my concierge company, and we'd be like, right, okay, how can we do something stupid with this? How can we go for stupid. We want to have something that is laughable based around this thing. And we used to do that. We used to avoid the word impossible and go for stupid on every project. So we had people wanting to have a a dinner experience in Florence. As you know, we closed down a museum, stuck them at the feet of Michelangelo's David, and then had Andrea Bocelli serenade them. We had a client that wanted to go backstage and meet the rock band Journey. Eh, Not good enough. We put him on stage and he actually sang with the band and is now the shortest term lead singer 
of the rock band. So we wow. always tried to see how far we could stretch. And then through COVID and through the way the world is today and through the coaching and a bit, now we look at people and we go, okay, this is your goal. Is it stupid enough? You know, how can we actually make this ridiculous? We want to put you in a situation where your goal, your aspiration, your focus is ridiculous. Okay, okay. And then guess what happens? You stand two chances. One, you achieve it. And this book hopefully is going to help you achieve ridiculous goals. Or, and this is another beautiful one, you fail and achieve more than you would have gone for in the first place. See, it's these people that turn around and go, hey, I want to make a million bucks a year. Then don't go for a million. Go for 10 and fail at five. So that's the whole premise behind it. Add something stupid to your goal and aspiration. I love it. You know, and, and you're turning a, a negative into a positive for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Because when I was a kid, you know, my father would say something like, what did you do? Go for stupid when I would mess something up. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, hello, are you my child or not? <laughs> you know, because what the heck are you doing? But when you're saying go for stupid, you're saying the, the sky's the limit. There is no limit. Just blast through it and go for it. I love it. I love that idea. Well, we're entrepreneurs and yeah. we're both in the same groups and we mingle around with different entrepreneurs. There is a, there is a, a thread between all entrepreneurs. We're curious kids mm -hmm. and we don't play by other people's rules. So we want to disrupt. We want to go for something. Now, here's the dumb thing. Most successful entrepreneurs are ridiculed and laughed at just before they're applauded and revered. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, hey, you want to be the next Elon Musk? Then don't worry about the noise. Go for it. You want to right. be the next Jay Bezos? You want to be the next Steve Jobs? Go for it. Every single one of these people were, were virtually protested about how ridiculous their ideas were. And now look at them. That's what oh, we've got to do. And it's so funny because, you know, last year, year before everything was, they're going to space. Oh my God, they're going to space, blah, blah, blah. Now there's a whole movement of why go to space when there's so much to do right here on yeah. this planet that hasn't been done. But they would have never done that if they hadn't gone to space. I mean, we've yeah. needed to do these things forever. Y'all didn't think of that before you didn't care. But now <laughs> you've got major superstars walking around talking about, you should just, you know, figure out this planet. You should figure out what we need to do here. Yeah, but that's why he went for stupid. He did. He, did. he started, he disrupted. Yeah. And that's the whole point. You've got, to dis you've got to disrupt your industry, your state of mind, and even your coffee table. And that sounds a silly one, the last one. Who you speak to, mm -hmm. the room that you are in, mm -hmm. who you have a conversation will dictate and direct where you're going. If you're in a room and having a coffee with someone and you've got four people with you and you start going, hey, I've got this business and I'm going to scale this and I'm going to market this, then I'm going to get my own shot. If you start getting your friends going, oh, you can't do that, move away from those people. Mm -hmm. See, when I speak to Greg, Damon, Jay, all these people, I say to them, hey, I want to do this, I want to do it. They support me. They challenge me. Are you really going to do that? Mm -hmm. Why are you going to do that? Why do you think it's you? Why do you think you can do it? Is this the best use of your energy? And they challenge me to be better. So today, we've got to disrupt everything we do in order to get to where we want. I totally agree. And you guys, you know he's been on before. If you didn't see the first interview, go back and look. <laughs> but let's give him a little bit of your history because they may not know. You literally used to lay brick. 
Oh, yeah. And now you're talking go for stupid and putting people at the feet of... Come on now. Yeah. Tell me a little history. It's, it's the same as everyone else. You know, I was a construction worker. My family owned a, a building firm. So I came out of school at the age of 15, bang, straight onto a building site. And I just had this aggravation because all of us as entrepreneurs, we're aggravated. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to settle. Why are we doing this? Why should we do this? Why can't I create? We're aggravated. And at that time, I didn't know why I was aggravated. I was too young. It was in the 90s. You know, being an entrepreneur back then was not a cool thing. You know, now you speak to a kid in school. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an entrepreneur, yeah. you know. But back in the 90s and the 80s, if you were an entrepreneur, it meant that you couldn't get a real job. You <laughs> it's know? like being a consultant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was like, it, it was downtrodden. You were like, oh, entrepreneur, oh, yeah, right, you're selling... You know, stolen car rims or something. <laughs> so that's what it was then. I didn't know what that agitation was. Right. So I went out to try and solve it. You know, I had a problem internally. What's going on? I don't like being poor. I need to knock around with rich people because they're rich. I'm not. I need to know how they are and that I'm not. So I tried to get into affluent positions. Mm -hmm. Failed. Failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. Until funny enough, I ended up getting a doorman job. And from that dormant job, started to be able to see rich people enjoying nighttime life. And I would get them into other clubs, get them into restaurants that were sold out, get them into private parties. It went from that, not because I wanted to go to the party. I'm not really a party person. I did it because then I got to have a conversation with you. Basically, it's like what we're doing now. And I've always said that if podcasting existed back in the 80s and 90s, I'd probably just done that. Right, you know? right. But at the time, I was like, look, if I can get you into this private party, or if I can get you to meet Elton John, or if I can get you to go backstage at a concert, then a couple of days later, I can phone you up and you're going to take my call and you're going to talk to me for an hour. And I can say to you, hey, Tigo, you know, I've been meaning to ask you, how did you set this? How did you do that? How come you're successful? And I was able to interview them. So what I was doing was a Trojan horse. What I really wanted to do was I wanted to get the information. Uh -huh. And then after 20 years, um, I released a book, the first book, Bluefish, and as you know. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to take off, and it did. And I suddenly realized, hang on a minute, what I thought was what everyone did, they don't. Because mm. you always wake up thinking, well, no one's going to listen to me because everyone's doing the same. And they're not. Right. So the book came out and then I started doing more speaking, more coaching, more traveling, more events. And then COVID came along and I got aggravated again, you know, because COVID was a period of time where it was the period of excuses. Yeah. And how many times did we hear people going, hey, oh, I, I, COVID's horrible. I don't, I don't get to hang out with my friends. Well, you weren't hanging hang out, out with them before, you know? <laughs> So, oh, it's ruining my ability to make relationships. Well, you weren't doing that either. So during that period, I just got very aggravated. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole purpose of going for stupid was more important then than it is when you're not in a situation. Of course, let's be honest, we've gone from COVID, monkeypox, war, you know, riots, now this depression or recession or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. But did you know that during the COVID, those two years of COVID, more than five million new millionaires were registered? I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. There's never been such an explosion of millionaires 
in any two-year period in our life and had come at a time when people couldn't leave their house. The bottom line of it is entrepreneurs, we make our own waves. Definitely. And yeah, COVID we kind of us. did the level the playing field in a way. Because yeah. I've been in production for over 18 years. And if you did something on Zoom or StreamYard or whatever you did it on, before COVID, they were like, oh, it's not real. You know, yeah. They're doing it on Zoom. I can't be bothered. Then when COVID hit and Oprah and The Tonight Show is using Zoom to yeah. do their interviews, they're like, well, wait a minute. You know? It's real. It's real now. It's yeah. real now. And people started to be able to reach out. I know we did. You know, we when I started my show, we were in studio in our our old studio. We were in studio. We got four shows in the can, and I've been had it on thirty seven markets throughout the South on the Family Channel. Had it on Cox here in Las Vegas, and I call them up and I said, "Hey, this COVID thing. You know, what do we do? Do we just stop until COVID's over, or what?" They were like, "We contracted with you for a year, so either you figure out how to get us more." Or we're just going to keep running the same four episodes until COVID <laughs> is over. And, or your contract is over. And I'm like, wait, what? So we move everything into my house. And I become water girl, you know, producer, director, <laughs> host, you name it. I'm doing it, set design. And it's like, but it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Because I found myself interviewing people like yourself all over the world. I interviewed one guy in Wales in the morning, another guy in Hong Kong or was he in Hong Kong? Hong Kong in the afternoon. We've done over 300 episodes and leveled the playing field, you yeah. know? And now we can be back in studio and we have young people like you come over <laughs> and talk about all this good stuff. It's an amazing thing, but let me ask you. When you first started and you were, you know, connecting people to get to the next great party and be able to get past that, you know, little magic red rope yeah. that everybody drink. What is it like on that side? Do you have that red rope? How do you apply that with what you're doing now as a speaker, coach, author? Today, there is only one talent you need. Okay. You see, you can download an app to build a bridge, grow plants, do a podcast. You can download an app on absolutely anything and therefore avoid doing the work yourself. Mm -hmm. Download it. Mm -hmm. You can't download the ability to communicate with another human being. And today we are in a relationship economy. Things happen because you can connect with people. Mm -hmm. If you want, you mentioned Greg Reed earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want something, you call up Greg, Greg introduces you to someone else. Relationship capital has got a greater return on investment than any kind of crypto. Mm -hmm. And today, when so many things are happening that are out of our control, relationships are everything. I could lose and I'm challenging it, you know. I could lose everything tomorrow. All my money, my bikes, everything. Tomorrow. But if I've got those relationships where I can fire up and go, John, Bill, Greg, something's happened. Help me out on this. What do I need to do? Well, actually, let's bring you in here. Let's do this. Let's get you working on that. So today, it's all about relationships. Whether or not you're getting behind a velvet rope to hang out with Andrea Bocelli, or whether or not you're having a conversation with someone talking over a business plan or right. discussing the latest camera techniques. It's that connection. And what's amplified it worse is during COVID, we increased our knowledge of how to become transactional. Mm -hmm. We ended up having relationships with Amazon. You know, Siri, how many times do you sit? My son, he'll walk into the room. He won't turn the TV on. He'll go... Alexa, turn the TV on. 
The remote control's there. <laughs> right there. But, you know... My they, grandkids do the same thing. <laughs> the point is, we've got used to barking orders. Mm-hmm. How would me and you do this order if I went, Tigo, ask me a question? You know, it wouldn't be a very good interview, would it? No, you know me. I'd yeah. kick you out by now. I'd get a smack <laughs> in the head. Today, we need to understand how to have a conversation, mm-hmm. how to communicate, therefore, how to build up a relationship with all of those things in place, you're strong. But at this moment, just start at the beginning. And you're obviously a professional at it. You need to understand the right questions to ask and the questions that produce value for the person you're asking. Right. So that's, that's the importance today. Learn your communication. You can get in front of the Vatican or you can get your next deal done. That's what you need to be focusing on. Now, I, you know, we mentioned Greg. I always, he's helped me out so many times and connected me with such amazing people, such as yourself. But the last time we had Secret Knock, we were there, you did this speech and I was like this. Because you were talking about being yourself, being comfortable inside your own body. Right. How important is that? Because people go around and buy, you know, $5,000 purses and red bottom shoes and they've got cars they can't really afford and they're trying to put that facade on. And then when you start calling them on it, start talking, they've never been outside of their neighborhood pretty much. And they don't understand the world at all. And it's like, why don't you just be you? And they can't find out why they're keep hitting the ceiling. They can't seem to grow. Yeah. So how important is that? Well, the, the obvious answer is not only important, it is absolutely everything. And you need to understand why. Um, it's tolerance. Okay. We don't have a lot of tolerance now. Mm -hmm. And COVID and all of these situations that we've been... Can you look at the years that that we've had? Politics, race riots, um, war, um, pandemics. Mm -hmm. Who could ever have written that thing? All we need is a little green aliens to come down and we've got everything. Let's not invite them in. Let's not, let's (laughs) not. And I'm sure someone somewhere has gone, oh, they're here already. (laughs) The, The point is that our tolerance for information has become real thin. Mm-hmm. And we're in an economy, especially with LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, where we're now concerned about what we look like, mm. okay? So before we focus on, hey, what can I do with my content to help you? We spend most of the day going, well, is my hair okay? Is this camera made me look a little bit fat? Oh my God, you know, am I coming through okay? I can't do the video today. So we've grown into a visual society. Mm -hmm. Now, all of these people leaning up against cars that they don't own, okay? All of these people that have spent a fortune on watches. There there are places that you can rent cars. There are places where you can rent watches. There are places where you can rent people, you know? So you can rent all of this, but visually, we're looking at that person going, well, they're next to that car. They've got that watch on. They must be credible. And then we get all upset when we discover that they're not. Right. So what we've got to focus on today is making yourself, and this is key, impossible to misunderstand. Love that. Now, so many people today, they go into business and they go, well, I've got to look good and my website's got to be perfect. I've got to do this. I've got... No. Here you go. MIT 101 on business. Have a solution. Find the problem. Find the person who's got that problem. Selling the solution. Yes. That's business. Without a client, you ain't got a business. So that's what people should be focusing on. 
But today we want to make that decision easier because with everything that's going on, mm-hmm. you need to help people make a decision easier. You need to be very easy to understand and easy to repel. And this is going to be a weird one. You see, I don't want to capture everyone. I guarantee you now, there are people that have probably switched off of this episode. Right. They've gone, don't like him. He looks funny. Sounds funny. Don't like him. Don't worry about it. But if you can truly be yourself, then those other people have a very easy decision as to whether or not they want to listen further. And when they do, and you, me and you have known each other for, what's it been, like three, four years? Like a year and a half, believe it or not. A year and a half. Just a year and a half. It's been a crazy year and a half. Yeah, it's been packed. (laughs) But have I ever not been me? No, you're always you. On stage, off stage, in the bar, walking up, going up the escalator, in the coffee shop, I'm me. And do you know the beautiful thing here? It takes zero effort for me to be me. And yeah. that's the thing. How many people are out there going, oh my God, I've got, I got to look good. You know, I've got to, you know, okay, I'm, in, I'm on the camera. This is my good side. <laughs> you know, they spend so much time worrying mm-hmm. that they don't become natural. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get everyone. I'm trying to attract those people that I resonate with. Those people that have also aggravated people that don't want to settle. And I'm here to help. Those people. The rest of the planet, we'll be fine. You know, I have to tell you, I want to thank you. Definitely want to thank you because you changed our business and you changed my life. Really? One story that you told, I can't even remember where now. It's probably secret knock, but I can't even remember where. Um, where you were talking about, will you have a beer with them? Like, will you sit down with them? And I, and I said, the chug test. Oh my God. We got rid of so much dead weight because I was like, no, we would never sit down and have a beer with that person. Yeah. That's not, you know, the kind of people we're trying to work with. We want to work with people that are real, that have real hopes and real dreams. We get, you know how it is. You get this person who has this big balloon idea. Yeah. And then you get it all together and you go, okay, so this is how much it's going to be. And then they go, oh, and then you find out their real budget. And it's like, they're not even ready to even be in the same room yeah. with some of the people they want to meet because they're not ready. You're not real. You're not being you. So whenever we meet somebody new literally doing this interview today, it's like, we always say, where's the honey, you know, <laughs> for us, it's like, where's the honey. And would we have a beer with that person? So when we got the call, when I got the text message saying, hey, it's going to be in town. I'm like, I contacted Alan. Everybody knows Alan. And I contacted Alan. I said, what are we doing? Alan's like, yeah, it's Steve Sims. We're going to do this thing, man. And that's what we did. You know, it's like you when you connect yourself with people like that, it feels good. You know, there's no limits, Yeah. you know, and you know, you can be as real as you want to be. If you got a headache, if you're tired, if you don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to put on the air. You can just be real with you. So I want to thank you because you already know I listened to your book. I'm going to listen to this one on two times the speed. So you're, (laughs) wow, my accent at twice the speed. I don't think I could understand what I'm saying. I've done your book at least three times that way (laughs) at two times the speed, but it, you have changed my life. You have changed our business and you've kept it real because people have come to me and said, well, you're national and you've got hundreds of thousands of people watching your show and you're a television producer. You did that. Why don't you wear this? You know? And I'm like, this is me, mm. you know? 
This is for me. This is fancy. Yeah. You know, usually <laughs> I'm in a t-shirt. So this is me, and it's like I want to talk to people that have real messages, that want to share, that care, and that is you're at the top of that heap, man. I, thank you I truly so want to thank you for that. But I want to get back to this interview because I know you got to run <laughs> and ask you if you're not keeping it real, can you go for stupid? Nah, nah. You can't do anything until you first sort yourself out. You know, whether or not you're going for, for, for business, whether you're going for a relationship, you know, where you've got the guy or girl in, the, in your life and you want to bond with them, you can't bond until you're you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to bond with a facade, a persona that's not you. So it all starts, everything, with you. Fail there and you're going to continue to fail. So get that straight first. Know who you are. Look. We can't all be as attractive as you, all right? So just let everyone know that you're you. Exactly. You know, wear it, own it, be proud, stand up, and attract those that like that. What are the three things you hope people can really take away from going wow. stupid? Well, we've already hit the first one, that they need to get away from that word impossible, okay? The, the, the three things that they need to understand is, one, look at who's laughing at them, and then work out if you care. Because how many people actually point and laugh at you that can't afford you? That will never make any difference to your life. And understand that 90% of the people that are laughing at you are actually terrified that you're going to pull it off and prove them inadequate to do so. So the first thing is, is the reframing of what you're possible. Stop going for what you can achieve. Mm-hmm and set stupid goals and then achieve them. That's the first thing it's gonna do. The second thing it's gonna do is it's gonna focus on your mindset. Your mindset makes you taller. Your mindset makes you wealthier. Your mindset makes you open. And we're gonna run through that as well. We're gonna work out how to do special techniques and special training to get your mind open. Give you an example. Have you ever had a friend turn up and they've got, I don't know, a new car and it's a funny color? Yeah. You know, and you go, I've never seen that colour on the car. When you're driving down the road the following day, what's the only colour you can see? That ugly burnt orange. You've got to be training yourself to open your mind to things. We've already spoken about about the car. Mm -hmm. It's the same with relationships. It's the same with how you question. It's the same with how you go for what you want. If you can train your mind to being open to see that car, Mm -hmm. then you can train your mind to be open to seeing opportunities. Now, we already said that during COVID, over 5 million new millionaires were were registered. Mm -hmm. They saw the opportunity. You know, they saw a period and went, hang on a minute, was COVID done to me or was it done for me? Right. And it was that reframing. That's another thing you're going to learn in there. The other thing you're going to learn is a bunch of stories that I've got up to with Elon Musk, Sir Elton John, and quite simply, how I did it. Now, it's very easy for me to sit here and talk about what I did with Elton John. And it's even easier for you to turn around and go, well, that's you, right. and I could never speak to Elton John. But you know, the tactics of climbing up a ladder are exactly the same no matter where you're going. So what I'm going to show you what I'm doing to get to who I've been speaking to, to get to do what I've done, 
I don't care if you're speaking to a plumbing company, if you're doing a negotiation on a new rental, if you're trying to score the partner of your dreams, Mm -hmm. the tactics are still the same. This is all about setting stupid goals above your, your station, punch up, raise your standards, stop settling to others, and have them come to you. So for the people, and I'm going to let you get out of here, but I got to ask, for the people that are going, yeah, okay, I get it. I learned a lot from this interview, and I'm, I still want to hold on to the traditional way of thinking about my future, about my business, about my life. What do you have to say to them when it comes to go for stupid? They have to. You know, they have to go for stupid. If you want to hold on to all of these things, there's your obituary. Ooh. You know, we cannot stand still. Standing still, you become stagnant and you die. We have to change. Anything we were doing 10 years ago is no longer relevant. Anything we were doing six months ago is no more applicable. You know, we've got Meta, we've got Web3 coming at us, we've got cryptocurrencies, NFTs. Everything's changing. Yep. You've got to try it. And that's all you've got to do. You've got to try it. And I'll give you one little thing for you. Okay. My, my dad actually taught me this, which was kind of weird because, you know, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> but he used to say, the first thing you ever do, first time you ever do anything, son, it's going to be shit. That was his saying. Now, as entrepreneurs, and it's back to that fear thing again, how many times are we scared of trying something because we may fail at it? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the bottom line. Tigo, I love you. You know that. But I betcha if we watched your first ever interview, I'm not thinking it would have been as sharp as it is now. No, not first. Let's try first 20. Yeah, we're not going back there. The point (laughs) point is, you can't get good until you get going. I love it. How do people find you? What's coming up next besides this wonderful book? What else is coming up for you? How do we find you? Well, that's 18th of October. Okay, that's the 18th of October, Go For Stupid. You can actually just Google Steve D. Sims. It's going to be on the front page of the website. You can go on Amazon at that time, Googling, um, typing Go For Stupid, it'll be there. Or anywhere that you consume your media. I don't care if it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just look up Steve D. Sims, D for dashing, 1M in Sims, and I'll be there. And that's where you can find out about the book and me. You are the best, sir. Come back anytime, (laughs) all the time. You are always welcome. I learned so much from you, and it's just an honor to have you here. Oh, yeah, lovely, Tigo. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, you know what to do. If you didn't understand what we were talking about, go watch it again. But it was great. It was awesome. On top of that, if you want to find him and you don't want to go look up Steve D. Sims on the Internet, go to Tigo Direct. We built it for you, remember? doesn't cost you anything, doesn't cost him anything, and it's a way for you to get directly connected to the young man. Type in a message, it'll show up in his inbox. No, I'm not going to give you his email address, but he will write you back and you reach out to him. Don't forget, go get this when it's out on audio. I am definitely going to listen to this two times the speed with his accent and learn so much even more. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know I want you to come back next time. And as always, I'm Tigo, and I'll talk to you next time. Love this dude. Cheers.